You talk about both those assignments here, uh, starting with you, Regina, quick. I, I, I gather this had been something of an ambition of yours, I, a lawyer, obviously, and you had being a judge at some point had been something you had aspired to, and, and you're the dog who caught the car now. Uh, what's that like? Well, I, I had uh, been nominated and gone through the process back in 2011 when Judge Haggard was appointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when nominated this time, I, I um, uh, of course, maybe all lawyers aspire to be judges, <laughs> but certainly I'm honored and uh, humbled by uh, the appointment by the governor and uh, all of the folks who gave me encouragement and support and looking forward to uh, getting a swearing-in date from the governor's office and getting to work. Now, this will be, just so, again, for my own edification and nothing else, this is, as I said, an unexpired term. He's retiring, and so you will be right back on a ballot next year. That's uh, correct. In the election, because these are elected judgeships. That's correct. And, and in your case, Representative Williams, leaving to be the next director of the Georgia Forestry Commission, I've known and we have talked, that's obviously an area of interest for you, has been correct. for a number of years. Uh, how did this appointment come about? Well, very different from Regina's situation, Tim. Uh, when the former director of the Forestry Commission announced his retirement in May as a customer of the Forestry Commission and being familiar with them through the legislature, my only thought was, well, I hope we get a good a good replacement in there. Uh, and then uh, and then started having conversations with folks in the forestry community and given my background and whatnot, the wheel started turning. Uh, so as I told somebody, serving the legislature had been a lifelong dream of mine until 90 days ago, <laughs> working for the Forestry Commission had never crossed my mind. Now, what does that job look like when you're doing it? I mean, I, I know what Regina Quick is going to be doing. She's going to be overruling objections and handing out sentences. That, that's what, <laughs> what judges do. What do, What does the Georgia Forestry Commission director do? The, far, the Georgia Forestry Commission is a state agency that has responsibility for the protection and management of Georgia's forestry resources. 24 million acres of timberland and in Georgia, most of it privately owned. Uh, so forest fire protection, insect disease, and then the management and health of Georgia's forest. Uh, 550 employees, roughly uh, over 100 offices throughout the state. Now, what what's your background? What, what lends itself uh, to this type of a job for you? I mean, because I knew you as you're in the banking business. Yeah, right? ba- banking, uh, college training, and, and agriculture, <laughs> agricultural economics. I'm somewhat of a self-taught forestry nerd if you will it's a personal passion for my wife and I we own timberland have been very involved in it and I think really we've, we've got a great group of professionals in the forestry commission that know how to fight fires know how to plant trees and whatnot I think my key role will be leading that group and and then making sure that our budgets are where they need to be working on economic development opportunities that, that benefit the state and the forestry community uh, so more the out and about part, uh, if you will, as opposed to as opposed to planting trees and fighting fires. How, how big is that group, and how big is that budget? Uh, the group again is around 550 employees. The budget, uh, as I as I told the employees, is a little over 50 million dollars a year. Every every week, the taxpayers give us on Monday morning a million dollars to do our work. State Representative, former State Rep Chuck Williams, soon to be the next director of the Georgia Forestry Commission. Also, Regina Quick in studio with us, uh, soon to be a Western Circuit Superior Court judge. Uh, obviously, your background as a lawyer lends itself to that. As you said, almost every lawyer seems to think it's like an actor. You know, I want to be a director. Every actor wants to be a director. Every lawyer wants to be a judge. And now you assume that role. And 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 the judgeships uh, that that it, we got what was it four now that, that handle the Western Circuit, the two counties, Clark and Oconee County, uh, to deal with that, you know, they added that extra judge a few years ago to try to help with that backlog of cases. What are you walking into there? Well, I'm actually going to be housed in Oconee County. Mm-hmm. And so Judge 
Norris is assuming Judge Sweat's treatment and accountability court responsibilities. So all the infrastructure for that is in the Clark County Courthouse. So he'll be moving and relocating from the Oconee County Courthouse. So I will actually be physically, my chambers will be in the Oconee County Courthouse and walking into, as, as soon as the swearing in occurs, walking into assuming Judge Sweat's caseload and the cases that have been assigned in the interim to uh, this judge position. So right, Again, soon-to-be judge Regina Quick joined in studio with us, also soon-to-be uh, director of the Georgia Forestry Commission, Chuck Lewis, both now former members of the Georgia legislature. We'll talk about this at some length here, but quickly to both of you, uh, you've been in the legislature. You were elected in 2010, if I remember correctly. 2011. 2011. I've been there okay. six years. That was a special election. Correct. Also. And, and Regina Quick, you were elected in 2012. That's uh, correct. The, the famous, locally famous 64-vote win over former state representative Doug McKillop. What do you remember? What will you remember? I hate that legacy word, but I, it's it's the one that has to come to mind here. What what's what are you going to remember? What do you take away from that legislative experience? Well, I think what I tell people most is that you it is reinforced that one person can make a difference, and it's important who you send because every day there's an opportunity to have influence over uh, the law. I think it's very different from. Uh, Washington in that regard and past that it's friendships and relationships that uh, you develop over time that will be long-lasting and lifelong friendships and relationships because of the shared work and the shared commitment to um, good policy. Same question Chuck Williams. Tim I, I certainly concur with Regina about the relationships and the friendships both within the legislative body and around the state that, that we develop. Beyond that I think for me uh, what I will take away from it is the satisfaction of having made a difference, whether it was carrying uh, legislation that makes a difference in the lives of Georgians, whether it was naming a local bridge for a member of our armed services that died in service. I, I think uh, that, just it, exactly. I, I think that opportunity to have to have played a part in the process. Uh, Regina Quick going to be a judge, a Superior Court judge, Western Judicial Circuit, uh, replacing the retiring Judge David Sweat and Chuck Williams. I uh, replaced. Who was the fellow who had that job prior to you? I've forgotten his name. Robert Ferris. Robert Ferris. I uh, retired as director of the Georgia Forestry Commission, and, and Chuck Williams appointed by Governor Nathan Deal to that post, uh, and thus necessitating these special elections. This has not been made official yet. It will be at some point. It would be the, the, the most shocking development I could think of if we had it any other date than November 7th when we're already voting here in Athens on the transportation sales tax referendum. Going to be voting in Watkinsville, municipal elections there. They're going to be, in all likelihood and certainty, scheduling these special elections, legislative elections on that date. There had been, and we were talking about this during the break, there's some folks grumbling out there. Well, this, these are extra expenses. Given the fact, Regina, quick, that you do have those other elections we're, we're going to be opening precincts and utilizing poll workers on that date anyway so not a great deal of extra expense associated with the fact that you're now a judge and no longer a state lawmaker i believe that's true in all four of my counties uh with the possible exception of oconee i'm not sure that oconee has a splash uh, on the ballot so they will have to of course figure out what would be the most cost effective way the city of watkinsville will have municipal elections right. but i'm not sure there are any contested 
uh, seats in Bogart, which is also my mm-hmm. pre- one of my precincts. Uh, Chuck Williams, I was noticing we were talking this. I, I, I got another one of these notices today, and I'm getting them every day now. you got a lot of folks in the legislature who are running for various offices. Hunter Hill today, a state senator from Atlanta who's running for governor, tendering his resignation. It was, I think, Michael Williams or somebody yesterday, and some of the others are stepping down from their jobs running for lieutenant governor, some of the other offices. Uh, and the dynamic at work there is kind of easy to understand. They leave the legislature prior to a legislative session necessitating special elections in their districts because they can't raise money for their campaigns while they're serving in the legislature. Correct. I I think that's a pretty safe assumption. (laughs) (laughs) And and in those cases, in in some of those cases anyway, I I can't speak to all of them, but in some of those, that will be an extra expense. Yeah. But that's just, hey, that's the the cost of playing poker. And I think, Tim, that's something that that any elected official either is or should be cognizant of and and sensitive to is, is if you're leaving office in the middle of a term, you were elected by the voters for a term, you took an oath of office to fulfill that term. So I would hope that no elected official ever takes lightly uh, if they're leaving office in the middle of the term. I I think uh, I feel comfortable with it. I, I hope uh, Regina does because we we basically have been asked to take on bigger responsibilities for the state of Georgia. So I feel we're still serving the state just in an expanded role of what we were as local legislators. Uh, and and looking back at your respective careers in the legislature, again starting with you, uh, Representative Regina Quick, or former State Rep. Regina Quick, uh, you, you mentioned okay, I'm going to miss the people there. Obviously, some of the folks you got to know and, and establish relationships with. As a lawmaker, I can make differences. I can impact laws in ways I might not even be able to do as a member of Congress. You said. Okay, let's look back. Uh, in, in terms of a specific piece of legislation or two or three, uh, what if, if we look back uh, would be the ones you'd want us to look at? Well, we could spend a lot of time getting uh, the details of all those things. But I, I think as a freshman, we had a, a bill uh, come up uh, that would have, in essence, changed Georgia law about private property rights when it came to surface water and groundwater that was known as the Flint River Drought Protection Act. And in its form that it came to the House, it, it, it in essence, extended what everyone complained about as the waters of the U.S. Mm. EPA rule uh, to this being the state of Georgia being in the exact same po- position in the Flint River Basin, which stretched all the way from Hartsfield Airport to the Apalachicola Bay. And so as a lawyer, I was in a position on the Ag Committee not only to identify that issue, sign off on a minority report, which was an interesting experience with three de- of my Democratic colleagues, and lead the fight against that for over two sessions, uh, to get that changed and and uh, and correct that problem and correct that overreach. So it's nothing anybody would know about except the stakeholders yeah. who worked in that arena. And I'm I'm grateful for that opportunity. You know, I was just about to make that point. You made it for me. That that's it, 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 I would have thought all day and not remembered that. Uh, and that but that speaks to that it has nothing to do with how important it is, or and for that matter, how important it isn't. That it, it speaks to the fact that we pay attention to things that 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 we get emotional about. Well, we care about flags and we care about campus carry. We get all worked up and all emotional about that. But as you know, and can speak to yourself, I'm sure Chuck Williams, a lot of the stuff never makes a headline. The important stuff, things like that, that actually matter, the AJC doesn't write about and I don't talk about. Tim, Tim, you're, you're exactly right. And I think that's both sort of one of the revelations that new legislators learn pretty quickly uh, and maybe a frustration that the media does not always pick up on the things that we deem are, are important. Uh, you know, in, in my case, with the University of Georgia being in the 119th district, I found myself spending a lot of time over the years 
working on higher education issues, budget issues, budget issues particularly apropos to the University of Georgia, and enjoyed that, I think, from a personal satisfaction standpoint, working on natural resource and environment issues, some of what Regina alluded to, whether it's coastland protection issues, uh, you know, uh, toxic waste site remediation issues to, so that we can save and redevelop those properties was probably some of the most satisfying legislative work that I did. Uh, the session in which you will not be involved, the one that starts in January, the 2018 legislative session, it, it turns out you didn't fix everything in 2017. There's still work to be done there. The, the folks, whoever it is who replaces you and whoever replaces Regina Quick, what's the, what's the thing that stands out for you? What do you say, boy, I wish I had an opportunity to impact that. What's, what's the big item moving into 2018? Well, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's a, it's a gubernatorial election year. A lot of people predict that legislative sessions are benign and, and short in those years. Only only time will tell. I, I think, uh, you know, the casino gambling issue is going to remain a hot-button issue for the state uh, until it's sort of resolved one way or the other. There are a lot of strong emotions there. Uh, and, and, and beyond that, uh, you know, the, the state will remain focused on, on rebuilding its budget. Uh, we went through some tough budget times and, and rebuilding the, the reserve, the rainy day fund is going to be critical. Uh, you know, it seems like, as somebody said, uh, we're good every year at bringing up a gun bill. Mm. And, and we've had a lot of those in the past couple of years. I don't know what may or may not come from that standpoint. Uh, quickly, Casino Carry, where were uh, Casino Carry? I'm probably against that. Campus Carry, <laughs> where were you on the uh, casino issue? Uh, you know, we never took a vote. I, uh, I, I never really staked out a position on that. I was truly, and it sounds like a political cop-out, I was truly in a, in a look-and-listen mode on that, trying to, to hear the positives and the negatives. I think uh, from an economic standpoint, there are some compelling arguments. From a social standpoint, there are some compelling arguments against and, and I was, and as a citizen, I remain in a listening mode. Uh, Regina Quick, 2018, it, it, if you were going back, what would be the priority? Well, you know, stepping down, um, bittersweet as we talk mm -hmm. about making that decision, because as, as vice chairman of the um, health subcommittee on appropriations, I would really like to be a part of the discussions, the continuing discussions uh, regarding health care and health care financing. So I will just personally miss that because I did a lot of work uh, on getting myself educated about that topic. And that's a huge, and yeah, everyone will tell you that's a big part of the budget. The fa If I uh, have my facts right, the fastest growing part of the state budget, the problem they're going to have, and the problem you would have had were, were you to return, you don't know what they're going to do in Washington. That's correct. And, I, you know, Chairman Parrish, which Parrish and, uh, is, is great, and I know they will, they will put in the work and put in the time to try to do the best thing for Georgia, but I will miss being a part of that. Uh, your thoughts on that health care conversation that they're going to have in your absence, Representative Williams? Well, I, I agree with I agree with Regina. Where uh, Washington sort of is holding the cards there, the state really has to wait and see what comes out of that. Uh, there was a lot of speculation this past session that we would have uh, dealt with with Medicaid expansion, regardless of what the label was, and and then with Trump's election, we found ourselves in a wait and see mode. So uh, you know, the, the the states I think are in a wait and see. Uh, position right now. Yeah, one of the things that gets talked about a little bit too, uh, as you guys leave the legislature, and something you both had to address and deal with, uh, the relationships between not so much Atlanta and Washington, but it, you know Atlanta and Athens, and Atlanta and Oconee County. These local governments, these municipal governments around here, county governments, uh, the issues that they have, budgetary, tax-wise, and otherwise. Uh, the, the, how do you find that relationship between Atlanta and, in our case, Athens? 
like this. Well, Tim, I've always felt like that, that most of those issues that local governments deal with don't lend themselves to, to partisanship, if you will, whether it's picking up the trash, fixing potholes or or whatever. Uh, so I think the approach that we've tried to take is, is you know, there's, maybe there is a time for partisanship, but that's really not a good good time for it. The position I've taken is to try to support the local governments, uh, you know, regardless of, of what I felt there. Uh, partisan makeup was and help them get the job done that they're trying to do. And you'll see this from your perspective as a judge now, Superior Court judge, uh, one of the things that's always at issue, in fact, it's the reason for creating the fourth judgeship here in the first place is to alleviate backlog and try to get cases disposed of and through our court system faster. Some of that money flows out of Atlanta. That, that's correct. And and those ty- kind of efficiencies that uh, we um, you know, looked at from an educational standpoint as appropriators, uh, I hope to be able to at least uh, be part of the conversation on the local level for the Western Judicial Circuit to uh, weigh in on some additional efficiencies, particularly with regard to pro se litigants and access to justice issues. And I know a big part of your your legislative effort, too, and your law practice has been about family issues, family practices. You're obviously going to be dealing with some of these cases as a judge. Well, absolutely. And when you think about the number of um, domestic relations cases, the number of family law cases on our superior court docket in the Western Circuit, it really is substantial. And people don't realize that almost 50% of those family law cases are pro se litigants and folks who may not have uh, access to um, any uh, legal advice. So I've got some ideas about all those things and excited about uh, getting to work on how we can make that more efficient because because obviously when justice is delayed, it can be denied as the famous quote goes, sure. but also um, that slows down the process for other litigants as you, well. You left me less than a minute to ask the question I'm obliged to ask uh, as we have special elections now coming up in November to fill both your seats. Uh, either of you planning to endorse Judicial uh, rules, ethics, uh, prohibit me from endorsing candidates. You're not a judge today, so you could today. Actually, the rules apply. (laughs) The rules apply. So you're off the hook. Uh, What about you, Chuck Williams? I'm very similar as a state agency head. I'm not sure what the rule (laughs) says, but I know what my rule is going to be is my political involvement going ahead will be very nominal. I've reminded myself that I have neither the right nor the responsibility to choose my successor. I will cast one vote.